skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. I fucking love that style, man. You gotta, you gotta like, you gotta put it in your butt a little bit more. Yeah. It's almost like Beavis, but more like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Scully! 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 I fucking love X Files. Did you? And leave after the graduation. not saying I have to. Why do you want to come? Why do you want to come to my graduation, Dad? I'm proud of your accomplishments. Listen. We live together. Listen. Like my little brother or son. One of those things. I was gonna say just because. What is it? What is it gonna be? Five years that separates us does not make me your child. You did not have sex with someone when you were five. No. But it's. It's like Coulda. Maternal. It's maternal. I was hoping you would defend it's yourself. Fraternal. You take fucking shotgun hits, man. <laughs> you don't fuck around. Do you see how fast he fucking just sip it, man? Like a nice Diet Coke. No, because the longer that and it's in there... it. me, I can't. Why? Because it'll go bad. That's the thing. It goes stale. So no, it goes stale it in, in like chamber, seconds. It get, you got like seven to nine seconds or something it's before it's stale. But it goes stale and there. then put like, go ahead. You, we can even test this. If you fill that, okay, you fill one. And then you just smoke it right it away. You, Ooh, and it's Yeah, good. but if, it just, but then, if you're just shooting it, the but, point but of the taste. If you, if you build it up and then you hold it out there for a couple minutes, like a couple seconds, and then hit it, it's like gross as shit. But then, and that's you gotta, the you gotta call me Captain all, Death. It, I can't cut around my name all the time. The settlements. I know it's going to be tough because you you specifically already call me the wrong name all the time, and I totally accept it. And. That's just because it's you, but okay. but you have to call okay, me okay. Captain Death. Captain Death. Can I call you? Do I have to show you the shitty Death? fucking videos I made in like sixth grade where I ran around in a in a superhero costume and called myself Captain Death? Definitely not. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't think so. Okay. Fuck yeah. We're uh we've been sipping mimosas here out in uh Wilkes Bar. No, We're doing us. Oh yeah, right. Pitston, Pitston, PA, more like armpit stun. <laughs> I, I'm making a joke because I lived here too. <laughs> I like this place. You, I get it. I get, I get it. <laughs> How fucking weird is it that you Whoa. moved to a place I had moved out of? Years after, like a year after we lived together. How fucking weird is that? All right. Harmonic convergence, my friend. This is like a fucked up deja vu. This is the thing. I like to conspiracy it's theorize. That's the thing. Yeah. Waypoints, next waylines. Donnie Darko shit right here. Right? N but I mean, without the airplanes. I'm f fucking exactly, yeah. But. <laughs> I'm talking about like the mental pathways and shit. Predetermined like, notions. How about this one with Kuchar, the butterfly. Butterfly effect. effect. I love the uh, director's cut where he just fucking dies. 
Yeah. Great ending. Yeah. The theatrical ending, he lives, and it's not nearly as cool. Yeah, because who... The 70s show wasn't even that good. <laughs> but he's married no, but to that, that Mila. Show, he's married to that Mila Kunis, yeah. who is a... Uh, she's a salty babe. Sea captain. Mmm. <laughs> Mimosa sipping here on lots of pasta. Mimosa on lots of pasta. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're like the Han. If Han Solo had a baby with uh, <laughs> Doctor Stephen Brule, <laughs> that is you as an individual, and I feel like a dash of David Bowie. And, oh, get and, out of here. And you have Space Cowboy. Know. Well, which has to be your name. Space Cowboy is my name. <laughs> Space Cowboy is my game. I just want to play the Bonanza song. <laughs> so I'm here with Space Cowboy. We previously le- lived on the moon together for like eight months, I think. It was less than a year, which was sad. Yeah, and let me let me tell you. Sometimes you have to appreciate like certain things in life, like windowsills, because sometimes you just look out the window and there's cats sitting out on the stump, and that's a that's okay. And sometimes there's bears out there. Yo, we chased bears. Yeah, I got very close to those bears. I was very scared for you. You went inside. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, dude, you're gonna get fucking eaten. There was a mama and two babies. We were threatening them. Once they separated is when I felt the need to separate. And you had a beard back then. Yeah. So it's just like... I think... You were Grizzly Adams in that shit. I, they, they knew I meant no harm, but they didn't know what I wanted because I didn't know what I wanted. I just... I, what I wanted was to see them as close as I could. You wanted to ride them like fuzzy tractors. Not so much ride... As to just like tumble and play, yeah, snuggle. You know, tumble and play was perfect. <laughs> Shotgun, kabow. It is about the size of a sawed-off shotgun. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, that's great. Okay, so this is lots of pasta. You you've listened to a couple episodes. You've tried yes, to. I'm a frequent lots of pasta. Good. So uh, we read creepy pastas. Do you you read creepy pastas? I've read. Yeah. So I, this is the thing. I don't. Not a Reddit guy. I used to go on Reddit. It's confusing. It's too much. I don't like when people talk all that much. So. Imgur is what I like. Hit or miss with me. Now, I really liked 4chan. 4chan, yeah. 4chan is too dark, so I don't go on 4chan myself. So I go on Imgur. Imgur is a good filter for all of those things. It really sifts it out. Um, I learned about creepypastas through Imgur because that was the only thing that wasn't blocked at my job. Um, And... 4chan is a fucked up place, and yeah. creepypastas, you know, that that's a good introduction to, to creepypastas, because at first it's like, because you, you can believe what people post on there sometimes, because it's really the, the nexus of the degenerates, and like, smart people are there. I was going to say, Live Leak has fucked me up. What? Live Leak? Live Leak, what's that sounds like? 
Underwear. <laughs> no, it's videos of people getting like killed. It's like it's oh, like the uh, oh, like what's uh what was it used to be? Like people um, getting mutilated and shit. Yeah, like I mean, cutting hands see, off. And yeah, people maybe leaked those. leaked assassination clips and shit. Yeah, like. that that comes up on 4chan. I didn't. Yeah, know that no, that that's. That's exactly. I'm 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 saying that I've seen that from 4chan. I've gotten that. That is that has been what I've gained from 4chan. For yeah, and see that's the thing. It is dark, and like the they joke more aggressively than Facebook. Even you know, Uh, even with this this politicals, I'm not going to bring politics into this. But with this political debate going, but I'm going to bring politics into this. I'm just going to say Facebook. This really shows how people like to argue. Fuck yeah. But 4chan is in a different way. They, they Their name-calling yes. is on a different level than any other platform nuclear. of... Exactly. Go, goddamn nuclear. <laughs> but and, and that, that's I, I like to laugh about it because it's like... so It's the same reason that people watch shows like It's Always Sunny. True. Or it's like you see the dark side of humanity. Like, you, like, oh, who could actually do that? But then you actually... Sometimes you're like, oh, I see myself in that. And then you get a little sad. Yeah, being yeah, being a human is so, weird. Yeah, so 4chan is like an extreme version of that. So it's nice to get it in segments so you don't immerse yourself fully and then feel like total shit. Yeah. You feel like like you could still laugh about it in your own personal bubble in your own but like talk about it on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's was my introduction. Yeah, no. I like I like I like opinions. Oh, you came across <laughs> stories that yeah, way. That's how I cause and then so actually like sometimes when I read them I didn't actually know that they were creepy pastas at the time, you know? Uh, you just saw short stories and you're like, oh holy shit. Kept going. Like that the one I actually I don't remember what episode it was that you did with the nineteen forties Russian scientists. That one That was Russian sleep experiment. That, yeah, I didn't like I read that on 4chan. I didn't know that that like at first, like for so reading that I was like Damn, I'm not a stupid person, and I really know that there was fucked up things that happened, and I can honestly, I've done some drugs, so, like, I could see, and then I, you know, you really think about, like, the metaphysical world, and the, you know, like, the, so, like, that different, that real dark (laughs) aspect of it, like, I, you never know, man, you never know. That was episode 10, uh, Django Phillips. Django. 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 I like oh, Russian yeah, Sleep Experiment. I had not read that. Uh, I had read a version of that at oh, one point of, of Russian Sleep Experiment. I had not read that exact story, but it, it had all the key elements of it. Uh, where did you read it? Do you remember? Was it like Reddit? No, it had to have been something like 4chan, you know? Same thing. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, you, you had recommended a story that we're going to start with today. Want to talk about it a little first? Yeah. So no, I was gonna I was gonna start by saying like you had recommended a story, and then I had heard about Channel Zero, and now I know that Channel Zero is doing No End House this year. I don't know what Channel Zero is. Sci-Fi Channel started a creepypasta mini series where they oh. take a single story in oh. famous creepypasta no lore and stretch this? and stretch six episodes across about Wait, one story. Stories? Yeah, they just started last year. They started with Candle Cove, which was also in episode 10 with Jango Phillips. Fucking awesome. And Channel Zero knocked it out of the fucking park. Like, real weird, real creepy looking TV show and shit. Fucking awesome. 
So now, uh, I think in March, they're letting out No End House, a six episode where it's about getting through a six room house instead of like a nine. Well, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter as long as they get the idea across. Awesome. Yeah, seriously. That's... Like first episode, literally someone dealing with the first room. Yeah. Like that could the be awesome. Up. Yes. Like so, No End House is great, and you had recommended this. This is from Creepy Pasta. Um, Space Cowboy, do you have anything to add about No End House before we dive in? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those kind of stories that you really gotta let yourself get into because, I mean, if something like this were to happen, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like a supernatural version of Saw. Oh, even I would say more, more supernatural, like what's more shining, more yeah, just like straight out, like the darkest. Let me start by saying that Peter Terry was addicted to heroin. We were friends in college and continued to be after I graduated. Notice that I said I. He dropped out after two years of barely cutting it. After I moved out of the dorms and into a small apartment, I didn't see Peter as much. We would talk online every now and then. AIM was king in pre-Facebook years. AIM. Instant messenger. AIM was king in pre-Facebook years. AIM. AIM was king in pre-Facebook years. Do you remember AIM? Yeah, I do. (laughs) You having like a... (laughs) Okay, alright, here we go. Uh, There was a period where he wasn't online for about five weeks straight. I wasn't worried. He was a pretty notorious flake and a drug addict, so I assumed he just stopped caring. Then one night I saw him log on. Before I could initiate a conversation, he sent me a message. David. Man. David Man. David Man. David Man, we need to talk. That was when he told me about the No End House. I got that name because no one had ever reached the final exit. The rules were pretty simple and cliche. Reach the final room of the building and you win $500. There were nine rooms in all. The house was located outside the city, roughly four miles from my house. Apparently Peter had tried and failed. He was <laughs> he was a heroin and who knows what the fuck addict. So I figured the drugs had got the best of him and he wigged out at a paper ghost or something told me it would be too much for anyone that it was unnatural i didn't believe him ah! <laughs> space death <laughs> that's what your name is today space death <laughs> space cowboy All right. yeah. <laughs> i like space death space death we are space death today no, cause that'll I'll remember that. I'll remember space. Death. No, you call me whatever the fuck you want. I just said. Cause in space there are no captains. Figured the drugs have got the best of him, and he wigged out at a paper ghost or something. He told me it would be too much for anyone. That it was unnatural. I didn't believe him. I told him I would check it out the next night, and no matter how hard he tried to convince me otherwise, $500 sounded good to be true. Because <laughs> he's poor. Space death. Space death! It's true. I had to go. I set out the following night. We set out the following night, space death. Can we play? Can we pretend you. this? Can we, 
Fuck no! Read the fucking story! Okay, alright. But it wouldn't it be nice if we did this together? Fuck no! This scenario is a fucking nightmare! You goddamn psycho! But I would rather go through it with you. I know! No, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you feel that way. If we had to go through a terrible scenario, at least go through it together with each other. When I arrived, I immediately noticed something strange about the building. Have you ever seen or read something that shouldn't be scary, but for some reason, a chill crawls up your spine? I walked toward the building, feeling of uneasiness only intensified as I opened the door. My heart slowed, and I let a relieved sigh leave as I entered. The room like a normal hotel lobby decorated for Halloween. A sign was posted in place of a worker. It read, Room 1 this way. Eight more follow. Reach the end and you win. I chuckled and made my way to the first door. The first area was almost laughable. The decor resembled the Halloween aisle of a Kmart, complete with sheet ghosts and animatronic zombies that gave a static growl when you passed by. At the far end was an exit. It was the only door besides the one I entered through. I brushed through the fake spider webs and headed for the second room. Space death! Space death. Space death. Will you go out? <laughs> I was greeted by fog as I opened the door to room two. The room definitely upped the ante in terms of technology, meaning it wasn't quite as spoopy as the first room. <laughs> Too fucking spoopy in that first room. Not only was there a fog machine, but a bat hung from the ceiling and flew in a circle. Fucking scary. <laughs> They seem to have a Halloween soundtrack that one would find in a 99 cent store on loop somewhere in the room. I didn't see a stereo, but I guess they must have used a PA system. I stepped over a few toy rats that wheeled around and walked with a puffed chest across to the next area. I reached for the doorknob and my heart sank to my knees. I did not want to open that door. A feeling of dread hit me so hard I could barely even think. Logic overtook me after a few terrified moments, and I shook it off and entered the next room. Room three is when things began to change. Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes! On the surface, it looked like a normal room. There was a chair in the middle of a wood-paneled floor. A single lamp in the corner did a poor job of lighting the area, casting a few shadows across the floor and walls. That was a problem. Shadows. With the exception of the chairs, there were others. I had barely walked in the door, and I was already terrified. It was in that moment that I knew something wasn't right. I didn't even think as I automatically tried to open the door I came through, and it was locked from the other side. That set me off. Was someone locking the doors as I progressed? There was no way. I would have heard them. Was it a mechanical lock that was set automatically? Maybe. But I was too scared to really think. I turned back to the room and the shadows were gone. The chair shadows remained, but the others were gone. I slowly began to walk. I used to hallucinate when I was a kid, so I wrote off the shadows as a fake figment of my imagination. I began to feel better as I made it to the halfway point of the room. I looked down as I took steps, and that's when I saw it. Or didn't see it. My shadow wasn't there. I didn't have time to scream. I ran as fast as I could to the other door. 
I flung myself without thinking into the room beyond. The fourth room was possibly the most disturbing. As I closed the door, all light seemed to be sucked out and put back into the previous room. I stood there, surrounded by darkness, not able to move. I'm not afraid of the dark, and never have been, but I was absolutely terrified. All sight had left me. I held my hand on the front of my face, and if I didn't know what I was doing, I would have never been able to tell. Darkness doesn't describe it. I couldn't hear anything. It was dead silence. When you're in a soundproof room, you can still hear yourself breathing. You can hear yourself being alive. I couldn't. I began to stumble forward after a few moments, my rapidly beating heart the only thing I could feel. There was no door in sight. Wasn't even sure there was one this time. The silence was then broken by a low hum. I felt something behind me. I spun around wildly, but could barely even see my nose. I knew it was there, though. Regardless of how dark it was, I knew something was there. The hum grew louder, closer. It's just someone vigorously humming the tune to, like, Halo 2. Halo 3, I don't know that. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Oh, I should be a... Mm So that's, there's someone in this room vigorously humming the, the theme to Halo 2. Or three. They're, it's the same in all of them, man. Regardless of how dark it was, I knew something was there. The hum grew louder, closer. It seemed to surround me, but I knew whatever was causing the noise was in front of me, inching closer. I took a step back. I'd never felt that kind of fear. I can't really describe true fear. I wasn't even scared. I was going to die. I was scared of what the alternative was. I was afraid of what this thing had in store for me. Then the lights flashed for a second and I saw it. Nothing. I saw nothing. I know I saw nothing there. The room was again plunged into darkness and the hum became wild screech. I screamed in protest. I couldn't... <laughs> was, that the... was that the scream in protest or the wild screech? I couldn't hear this goddamn sound for another minute. I ran backwards away from the noise and fumbled for the door handle. I turned and fell into room five. Before I describe room five, you have to understand something. I am not a drug addict. There's a lot of feeling in that. <laughs> he wears the D.A.R.E. shirt still. He has the D.A.R.E. license plate. D.A.R.E. stands for... Drugs are really easy. <laughs> the Drug Administrative Resources Environmental. No, it was just, uh, it was like a thing, like, let's take a drug break because we were on a drug roll. It was like a thing to say. <laughs> Not a drug addict. I have no history of drug abuse of any sort. No, I have, I have had no history of drug abuse or any sort of psychosis short of, I have had i want to because i want to make your life so hard in editing i have had no history of drug abuse or any sort of psychosis short of the childhood hallucinations i messaged earlier and those were the only when i was really tired or just waking up i entered no end house with a clear head yeah you were sober 
That's what we no, practice no, here on no, Lots no, of Pasta. No. He had a clear head. He had a buzz. Like he had, he had a good <laughs> He smoked some <laughs> weed. He was like, he was like, I'm not a drug addict, but I'm gonna smoke a blunt before I go <laughs> in here. Smoke <laughs> too. Might take a hit or two of his bowl right before he goes in, so he doesn't smell too. Hand sanitizer. He's being smart about it. <laughs> you seem to have a lot of personal history drawn into Space Cowboy. Space Cowboy. After falling in from the previous room, my view of room 5 was from my back, looking up at the ceiling. What I saw didn't scare me. It simply surprised me. Trees had grown into the room and towered above my head. The ceilings in this room were taller than the others, which made me think I was in the center of the house. I got up off the floor, dusted myself off, and took a look around. It was definitely the biggest room of them all. I couldn't even see the door. How could he even say that though? Wasn't the last door in complete darkness? How could he know how big it was? Isn't that like... No, he's just looking at a bunch of trees. He's looking at a bunch of trees right now. He can't see the door. Various brush and trees must have blocked my line of sight from the exit. Up to this point, I figured the rooms were going to get scarier. But this was a paradise compared to the last room. I also assumed whatever was in room 4 stayed back there. I was incredibly wrong. As I made my way deeper into the room, I began to hear what one would hear if they were in a forest. Chirping bugs, and the occasional flapping of birds, seemed to be the only company in this room. That was the thing that bothered me the most. I heard the bugs and other animals, but I didn't see any of them. I began to wonder how big this house was. From the outside, when I first walked up into it, it looked like a regular house. It was definitely on the bigger side, but this was almost a full forest in here. The canopy covered my view of the ceiling, <laughs> but this was almost a full forest in here. I'm, I'm keeping the other oh, one. That one. It was. It was a good. You liked the exact. Okay. You really judged that forest real quick. It was a good. I love forests. I don't judge forests. The forest judges. No, no, no. You admire. You admire should. nature. I know. Don't. I'm, we're sitting next to a fucking tree. Yeah. In your in your apartment domicile, domicile. That definitely sounds better than apartment. Let's, let's cut that to start over. Domicile. We're sitting next to a tree in my domicile, but I assumed I was still there. However high I was, I was very high. I assumed it was still well, there. However yeah. high it was. And at that point, he had to pull out something smoking. He was just like. Well, shit. I'm well, I, I might as well have that the rest of that blunt from outside. Exactly. Okay, so that he did have. Okay. You Fuck were yeah. Right the whole time. No, you were right. No, you were right. You I made said, the assumption that he no, had. You said he was I said sober. I said sober. You said blunt. I. You were I right, think you my said. Friend. All right. I'll take the. I'll take it. However high it was, I couldn't see any walls either. The only way I knew I was still inside that the floor matched the other rooms. Standard dark wood paneling. I kept walking, hoping that the next tree I passed would reveal the door. Like in Tim Burton's A Nightmare, Nightmare for Christmas. After a few moments of walking, I felt a mosquito fly onto my arm. I shook it off and kept going. A second later, I felt about ten more land on my skin at different places. I felt them crawl up and down my arms and legs. I flailed wildly to get them all off, but they just kept crawling. I looked down and let out a muffled scream. What of a whimper. To 
to be honest. I didn't see a single bug. Not one. But I could feel them crawl. I dropped to the ground and I heard them fly by my face and sting my skin. But I couldn't see a single one. I dropped to the ground and began to roll wildly. I was desperate. I hated bugs, especially ones I couldn't see or touch. But these bugs could touch me. And they were everywhere. Where were they touching you? Were they touching you? Here's the, the doll. doll. Yeah, he Here's the doll. Right now, it's um. Could you flip? Where it did they touch you? Oh. No. I began to crawl. I had no idea where I was going. The entrance was nowhere in sight, and I still hadn't even seen the exit. So I just crawled, my skin wriggling in the presence of those phantom bugs. After what seemed like hours, I found the door. I grabbed the nearest tree and propped myself up mindlessly slapping my arms and legs to no avail. I tried to run, but I couldn't. My body was exhausted from crawling and dealing with whatever it was that was on me. I took a few shaky steps to the door, grabbing each tree on the way for support. I was only a few feet away when I heard it. A low call from the front. <laughs> <laughs> it was coming from the next room, but it was deeper. <laughs> I could almost feel it inside my body. Like when you stand next to an amp at a concert. Yeah, I've done that. Feeling of the bugs on me lessened, and the hum grew louder. As I placed my hand on the doorknob, the bugs were completely gone, I, but I couldn't bring myself to turn the knob. I knew that if I let go, the bugs would return, and there was no way I could make it back to room four. I just stood there, my head pressed against the door marked six, and my head shakily grasping the knob. The hum was so loud, I couldn't even hear myself pretend to think. There was nothing I could do but move on. Room 6 was next, and room 6 was hell. I closed the door behind me, my eyes held shut, and my ears ringing. The hum was surrounding me. As the door clicked into place, the hum was gone. I opened my eyes in surprise, and the door I had shut was gone. It was just a wall now. I looked around in shock. The room was identical to room 3, the same chair and lamp, but with the correct amount of shadows this time. The only real difference was that there was no exit door, and the one I came in through was gone. As I said before, I had no previous issues in terms of mental instability, but at that moment, I fell into what I now know was insanity. I didn't scream. I didn't make a sound. At first, I scratched softly. The wall was tough, but I knew the door was there somewhere. I just knew it was. I scratched at where the doorknob was. I clawed at the wall frantically with both hands, my nails being filed down to the skin against the wood. I fell silently to my knees. The only sound in the room was the incessant scratching against the wall. I knew it was there. The door was there. I knew it was just there. I knew if I could just get past this wall... Are you alright? I jumped off the ground and spun in one motion. 
I leaned against the wall behind me and I saw what it was that spoke to me. To this day, I regret ever turning around. There was a little girl. She was wearing a soft white dress that went down to her ankles. She had long blonde hair to the middle of her back and white skin and blue eyes. She was the most frightening thing I'd ever seen. And I know that nothing in my life will ever be as unnerving as what I saw in her. While looking at her, I saw something else. Where she stood, I saw what looked like a man's body, only larger than normal and covered in hair. Mansquatch. He was naked from head to toe, but his head was not human, and his toes were hooves. It wasn't the devil, but at that moment, it might as well have been. The form had the head of a ram and the snout of a wolf. It was... Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. I would have asked for it to say something. It probably would have... What... It... it what, what... What do you think a voice coming out of that mouth, face, goat head would sound like? See, for, for some reason, in my head, all I hear is, like, Barry White. Just like, let's get it together, baby. Oh! I don't like It was horrifying, and it was synonymous with the little girl in front of me. They were the same form. I can't really describe it. I saw them at the same time. They shared the same spot in that room, but it was like looking at two separate dimensions. When I saw the girl, I saw the form. And when I saw the form, I saw the girl. I couldn't speak. I could barely even see. My mind was revolting against what it was attempting to process. I had been scared before in my life, and I had never been more scared than when I was trapped in the fourth room. But that was before room six. I just stood there, staring at whatever it was that spoke to me. There was no exit. I was trapped here with it, and then it spoke again. David, you should have listened. Scully! 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 When it spoke, I heard the words of the little girl, but the other form spoke through my mind in a voice I won't attempt to describe. There was no other sound. The voice just kept repeating that sentence over and over in my mind, and I agreed. I didn't know what to do. I was slipping into madness, yet couldn't take my eyes off of what was in front of me. I dropped to the floor. I thought I had passed out, but the room wouldn't let me. I just wanted it to end. I was on my side, my eyes wide open and the form staring down at me. Scurrying across the floor in front of me was one of the battery-powered rats in the second room. The house was toying with me, but for some reason, Seeing that rat pulled my mind back from whatever depths it was headed. When <laughs> I looked around the room, I was getting out of there. I was determined to get out of that house and live and never think about this place again. I knew this room was hell and wasn't ready to take up a residency. Oh, oh. dropping 80s fucking catchphrases now. Like, collect, you know, like reloads a shotgun. I was, and I wasn't looking to take up a residency. <laughs> say that to the little girl. Yeah, yeah, he would, and then he would fire fucking two fucking boomstick shots to its fucking face. Fuck yeah, this is Bruce Campbell oh, now. Oh, Bruce Campbell? That's yeah. what this? <laughs> now this it is. is. Oh. It really isn't, though. Oh. <laughs> At first, it was just my eyes that moved. I searched the walls for any kind of opening. The room wasn't that big, so it didn't take long to soak up the entire layout. 
demon still taunted me, the voice growing louder as the form stayed rooted where it stood. I placed my hand on the floor, lifted myself up to all four, and turned to scan the wall behind me. Then I saw something I couldn't believe. The form was now right at my back, whispering into my mind how I shouldn't have come. I felt its breath on the back of my neck, but I refused to turn around. Large rectangle scratching into the wood with a small dent chipped away in the center of it. Right in front of my eyes, I saw the large seven I had mindlessly etched into the wall. I knew that it was room seven was just beyond the wall where room five was moments ago. I don't know how I had done it. Maybe it was just my state of mind at the time, but I had created that door. I knew I had. In my madness, I had scratched into the wall when I needed the most and exit to the next room. Room 7 was close. I knew the demon was right behind me, but for some reason, I couldn't touch it. I closed my eyes and placed both hands on the large 7 in front of me. What? Couldn't touch it? Me. Couldn't touch me. Oh. But I couldn't touch it. But I I wanted to touch it, though. But for some reason, it couldn't touch me. It couldn't touch me. So it was unlike a grabby uncle. I closed my eyes and placed both hands on the large seven in front of me. I pushed. I pushed as hard as I could. The demon was now screaming in my ear. It told me I was never leaving. It told me that this was the end, but I wasn't going to die. I was going to live there in room six with it. I wasn't. I pushed and screamed at the top of my lungs. I knew I was eventually going to push through the wall. I clenched my eyes shut and screamed and the demon was gone. I was left in silence turned around slowly and was greeted by the room as it was when I entered. Just a chair and a lamp. I couldn't believe it. Turn back to the seven and jump back slightly. What I saw was a door. It wasn't the one I had scratched in, but a regular door with a seven on it. My whole body was shaking. It took me a while to turn the knob. I just stood there for a while staring at the door. I couldn't stay in room six. I couldn't. But if this was... But if this was only room six, I couldn't imagine what seven had in store. Finally, with a deep breath, I twisted the knob and opened the door for seven. Okay, no. I must have stood there for an hour, just staring at seven. Finally, with a deep breath, I twisted the knob and opened the door for seven. I stumbled through the door mentally exhausted and physically weak. Physical challenge. Yeah, double dare. Right? Double dare. Ooh, what was the other one with the golden monkeys? That was Legends of the Hidden Temple. Omek. Oh, the Lopus Azores. And the Craig. Guts. The global guts, man. You spill your guts. The door behind me closed and I realized where I was. I was outside. Not outside like room five, but actually outside. My eyes stung. I wanted to cry. I fell to my knees and tried, but I couldn't. I was finally out of that hell. I didn't even care about that prize I was promised. I turned and saw that door I just went through was the entrance. What? I didn't read that right. I'm getting hungry. I turned and saw that the door I just went through was the entrance. You're like a five-year-old. Eat a fucking cookie, goddammit. I turned and saw that the door I just went through was the entrance. Oh, why am I talking like that? No, you were fine. That was good. That was good. 
I walked out of my car and drove home, thinking of how nice a shower sounded. As I pulled up to my house, I felt uneasy. The joy of leaving no end house. No end house. No end house. <laughs> Christopher Walken. No end house. No end house. No end house had faded. Oh, by the way. No end house. No, no, I have to. No end house. No. I have to. End house. Okay, I, uh. Death Star, I have to take a, d- a deep breath and take a break here and tell you that you have one of the most exquisite Christopher Walken's impersonations that I have ever heard. Are you mocking me? No, 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 not even slightly. I am being totally serious. Yeah, nice. I am um, not a good impersonator myself, but if I had, if you stood up on stage, I would laugh for you, not at you. Because it is so good. You sound like you're related to Dr. Stephen Brule. <laughs> but smarter. Little, I, but I, more into ancient civilizations. And we could get into that, too. Fucking <laughs> The joy of leaving no end house had faded, and dread was slowly building in my stomach. I shook it off as residual from the house and made my ways to the front door. I entered and immediately went up to my room. There on my bed was my cat, Dickerville. Baskerville for the... I'll keep Dickerville. Basketville. He was the first living thing I had seen. He was the first living thing I had seen all night, and I reached to pet him. He hissed. And swiped at my hand. I recoiled in shock, as he had never acted like that. I thought, whatever, he's an old cat. Whatever, he's an old cat. Whatever, he's an old cat. <laughs> I thought, whatever, <laughs> he's an old cat. I jumped in the shower and got ready for what I was expecting to be a sleepless night. After my shower, I went to the kitchen to make something to eat. I descended the stairs and turned into the family room. What I saw will be forever burned into my mind. My parents were lying on the ground, naked and covered in blood. It's not the first time that I saw them naked. But covered in blood. They're still alive, mind you. They're just standing there naked and covered no, in blood. No, oh, no, sorry, no, son. No, didn't, no, didn't, no, didn't, no. You didn't have to see this. They were mutilated to near, unidentifiable states. Their limbs were removed and placed next to their bodies. And their heads were placed on their chest facing me. The most unsettling part was their expressions. They were smiling. They shouldn't be laughing. They were smiling. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> They were just like, hey, son, how's it going? <laughs> it's like a dad joke. Looking good, sport. Hey, get it? They were smiling as though they were happy to see me. I vomited and sobbed there in the family room. I didn't know what had happened. They didn't even live with me at the time. I was a mess, then I saw it. A door with a large eight scrawled on it in blood. I was still in the house. I was standing in the family room, but I was in room number seven. Room seven. The faces of my parents smiled wider as I realized this. They weren't my parents. They couldn't be. But they looked exactly like them. The door marked eight was across the room, behind the mutilated bodies in front of me. I knew I had to move on. But at that moment, I gave up. The smiling faces tore into my mind. They grounded me where I stood. You're grounded, mister. (laughs) I went to my room. Go to your room. I went to my room. 
Don't even greet your naked, headless parents when they come to visit you. Dinner's on the table. I vomited again. Spaghetti. <laughs> it's spaghetti. It's creepy pasta. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. I thought this whole podcast was about Eminem. That's a lot of mom's spaghetti. It's a lot of mom's spaghetti. I vomited again and nearly collapsed. Then the hum returned. It was louder than ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest I could have. And the... And it filled the house and shook the walls. The hum compelled me to walk. I began to walk slowly. Making my way closer to the door and the bodies. I could barely stand, let alone walk. And the closer I got to my parents, the closer I came to suicide. Let's take this moment to say the 1-800-SUICIDE helpline. Yeah, if you find yourself in no end house, don't kill yourself. Just call. Keep pushing through. Go right past your dead parents to room eight. Don't call the cops either. Never call the cops. The walls were now shaking so hard it seemed as though they were going to crumble. But still, the faces smiled at me. As I inched closer, their eyes followed me. I was now between the two bodies, a few feet away from the door. Dismembered hands clawed their way across the carpet towards me, all while their faces continued to stare. New terror washed over me, and I walked faster. I didn't want to hear them speak. I didn't want the voices to match those of my parents. Hey, sport, how's it going? How are we going? Oh, honey, how's it? You need to eat. You need to eat something. You want me to make you a sandwich? I want some pancakes. They began to open their mouths and their hands were inches from my feet. In a dash of desperation, I lunged towards the door, threw it open, and slammed it behind me. Room eight. <laughs> I was done. After what I had just experienced, I knew there wasn't anything else this fucking house could throw at me that I couldn't live through. Hey, son, how's it going? Where are you going, son? Hey son, give me a hand. <laughs> oh, okay. it was close to there was nothing short of the fires of hell that I wasn't ready for. Unfortunately, I underestimated the abilities of No End House. Unfortunately, things got more disturbing, more terrifying, and more unspeakable in room eight. I still have trouble <laughs> believing what I saw in room eight. Oh uh-huh. <laughs> Again, you the room you was a carbon Disney? copy. Oh my god, of I rooms never realized three you were at six. Disney, aren't you? Oh, huh? reincarnation you know, and know, shit. You no, know, because his whole bot, his mind is cryo frozen. They could have projected it into so your mind. Scully, Scully, get over here! Wait, get over! Get, get over! I still have trouble believing what I saw in roommate. Again, the room was a carbon copy of rooms three and six, but sitting in the usually empty chair was a man. After a few seconds of disbelief, my mind finally accepted the fact that the man was sitting in the chair was me. Not someone who looked like me, it was David William. I walked closer. I had to get a better look, even though I was sure of it. He looked up at me, and I noticed tears in his eyes. Please, please don't do it. Please, don't hurt me. What? I asked. 
Who are you? I'm not going to hurt you. Yes, you are. He was sobbing now. You're going to hurt me, and I don't want you to. He sat in the chair with his legs up and began rocking back and forth. It was actually pretty pathetic looking, especially since he was me, identical in every way. Took his pants off, just check yeah, just, just, just to be better. Yeah. It was the same dick. Same dick. Circumcised. Oh, what a twist! And my Shyamalan twist right there. Listen, who are you? I was now only a few feet from my doppelganger. It was the weird doppelganger. It was the weirdest experience yet. It's an umlaut. Standing there, talking to myself. I wasn't scared, but I would be soon. Why are you? You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. If you want to leave, you're going to hurt me. Why are you saying this? Just calm down, all right? Let's try and figure this. And then I saw it. The David sitting down was wearing the same clothes as me, except for a small red patch on his shirt embroidered with the number nine. You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. And don't please. You're going to hurt me. My eyes didn't leave that small number on his chest. I knew exactly what it was. The first few doors were plain and simple, but after a while, they got a little more ambiguous. Seven was scratched into the wall, but by my own hands. Eight was marked in blood above my par- above the bodies of my parents, but nine? This number was on a person, a living person. Worse still, it was on a person that looked exactly like me. David, I had to ask? Yes, you're going to hurt me. He continued to sob and rock. So this just turned into like a softcore 80s porn. He fucked himself. himself. <laughs> he went and fucked himself in the no end house. Room nine, baby. Wait, is this room nine? Yeah, yeah. He answered to David. He was me, right down to the voice. But that nine. I paced around for a few minutes while he sobbed in his chair. The room had no door, and similarly to room six, the door I came through was gone. For some reason, I assumed that scratching would get me nowhere this time. I studied the walls and floor around the chair, sticking my head underneath and seeing if anything was under there. Unfortunately, there was. Below the chair was a knife. Attached was a tag that read, To David, from management, you fired. You fired. You fired. Oh, it's ah. Oh, you fired, kid. You fired. Wrong. 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 Oh, sad. Yes. <laughs> sad. It's it's way it's a sad thing to do, kid. Yeah, you fired. You're wrong. Wrong. Get some pink slip and get have a nice day. Kid. China. Yeah. The feel <laughs> the feeling in my stomach as I read that tag was something sinister. <laughs> I wanted to throw up, and the last thing I wanted to do was remove that knife from under that chair. The other David was still sobbing uncontrollably. My mind was spinning in an attic of unanswerable questions. Who put this here, and how did they get my name? Not to mention the fact that as I knelt on the cold wood floor, I also sat in that chair sobbing in protest of being hurt by myself. It was all too much to process. The house and the management had been playing with me this whole time. You can't see what I'm doing, but it's like when you play with balls, that, that thing. 
<laughs> my thoughts for some reason turned to Peter and whether or not he got this far. If he did, if he met a Peter Terry sobbing in this very chair, rocking back and forth, I shook those thoughts out of my head. They didn't matter. I took the knife from under the chair and immediate, immediately the other David went quiet. David, he said in my voice, what do you think you're going to do? I lifted myself from the ground and clenched the knife in my hand. I'm going to get out of here. David was still sitting in the chair, though. He was very calm now. He looked up at me with a, with a slight grin. I couldn't tell he was going to laugh or strangle me. Slowly, he got up from the chair and stood facing me. It was uncanny. His height and even the way he stood matched mine. I felt the rubber hilt of the knife in my hand gripped it tighter. I don't know what I was planning on doing with it, but I had a feeling I was going to need it. Now, his, his voice was slightly deeper than my own. Now, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you, and I'm going to keep hurting you. And I'm going to keep you here. I didn't respond. I just lunged and tackled him to the ground. I had mounted him. Oh, shit, dude, I forgot. I forgot. Come on. Why didn't you remind me? You know that I'm high. I had mounted him. looked down, knife poised and ready. He looked up at me terrified. It was like I was looking in a mirror. Then the hum returned low and distant, though I still felt it deep in my body. David looking up at me as I looked down at myself. The hum was getting louder and I felt something inside me snap with one motion. <laughs> <laughs> I slammed the knife into the patch on his chest and ripped down. Blackness fell on the room, and I was falling. The darkness around me was like nothing I had experienced up at that point, or like the really dark room he had entered yeah. and said, Shut the f- Room 4 was dark, but it didn't come close to what was completely engulfing me. I wasn't even sure if I was falling after a while. <laughs> I felt weightless, covered in dark. No, we can't push it. It, know, it very know, clearly know, had know, to do know, with the softcore porn quality. Then a deep sadness came over me. I felt lost, depressed, and suicidal. The sight of my parents entered my mind. I knew it wasn't real, but I had seen it, and the mind has trouble differentiating between what is real and what isn't. The sadness only deepened. I was in room nine for what seemed like days. The final room. And that's exactly what it was. The end. The end. And that's exactly what it was. The end. The end. And that's exactly what it was. The end. The end. Okay. <laughs> Captivate the audience. All right. And that. And that. Say my fucking name, dude. <laughs> ah, and you're not even saying, you know, like, that's the thing. You're like, you're not even saying, God, that collects the tolls on the interstate. But then when they die, you collect a soul. And that's exactly what it was. The end. No, and that's exactly what He had to restrain from clapping that time after creating a song for. No end house had an end, and I had. 
reached it. At that moment, I gave up. I knew I would be in that in-between state forever, accompanied by nothing but darkness. But even then, the hum was there to keep me sane. I had lost all senses. I couldn't feel myself. I couldn't hear anything. Sight was completely useless here. I searched for a taste in my mouth, and I found nothing. I felt disembodied and completely lost. I knew where I was. This was hell. Room 9 was hell. Then it happened. A light. One of those stereotypical lights at the end of the tunnel. I felt ground come up from below me, and I was standing. After a moment or two, after a moment or two of gathering my thoughts and senses, I slowly walked toward that light. As I approached the light, it took form. It was a vertical slit down the side of an unmarked door. And then I emerged from my mother's vagina, and I was born again. Butterfly effect, motherfucker. Ashton Kutcher! Ashton Kutcher! Coming out the hole! Scully! <laughs> Scully! David Duchovny! I slowly walked through the door and found myself where I started. The lobby of No End House. It was exactly how I left it. Still empty, still decorated with childish Halloween decorations. After everything that had happened that night, I was still wary of where I was. After a few moments of normalcy, I looked around the place trying to find anything different. On the desk was a plain white envelope with my name, handwritten on it. Immensely curious, yet still cautious, I mustered up the courage to open the envelope. Inside was a letter. David Williams, congratulations! You have made it to the end of No End House! Please accept this prize as a token of great achievement. Yours forever. Management. With the letter were five one hundred dollar bill. Fucking payday, man. Know what you're gonna do? Know what you're gonna do with that? Go buy some drugs. No end house. I couldn't stop laughing! <laughs> I, I laughed for what seemed like hours. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I laughed for what seemed like hours. I laughed as I walked out of my car, and I laughed as I drove home. I laughed as I pulled into my driveway. I laughed as I opened my front door to my house, and laughed as I saw the small ten etched into the wood. No end house. No end house. Fucking brought it to you. A long fucking episode, man. That was a good fucking story, dude. It was a good story. I fucking love No End House Dog. No End House Dogs. What was your What was your take on, like, is it is it like uh, Dante's Inferno kind oh, of? Oh, it's thing? the Rings of Hell, man. Yeah, it, just it was the nine. It was the nine gates of hell. Just a crucible of endless torment. And... Oh, Johnny Depp was there. Oh, right. Was he behind the scenes? Was that the guy that yeah. did the whole thing? Right. Yep. Johnny right. Depp. So David Williams, what at the end of it all, do you think he All right, let's if you had to do room 10 in in a sentence, what would it be? Like a one sentence room 10. Cuz he went home and opened his room. You get to pick real quick. I would like to think follow follow me on this. I would like to think it's a door that opens to iron rod bars that you cannot move past. But the only thing you see on the other side of those bars is you standing outside no end house about to go inside and you can't fucking tell yourself not to. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to end. Or you are in no end house looking outside and you can't stop yourself and you become that shadow that followed you throughout the fucking house. Telling the beginning of the fucking story. Telling you that because we just brought a whole new level to this oh, fucking man. story. It, this is like Saw, but the same story in a million different tellings because it's just imagine it because it could be there was some David Williams that didn't kill himself and, and died in that room. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, like, you could look at it that way. Anyway, you know, there's some, oh, it's that, hell. some so it's feral hell. David Williams in the trees. They're just hanging out in the trees with some loins that they made just listening to fake bugs all over them and shit. Um, maybe one that likes that little girl. Maybe they grow together and she grows up and like... They maybe- have a goat-headed wolf-faced baby together. Oh, yeah, that sounded like um, Adam Sandler and... <laughs> all right, <laughs> So how did you feel about this episode of Lots of Pasta, Space Cowboy? Well, Captain Dave's best. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> so so this is Lots of Pasta. Not today. <laughs> I'm just going to end it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.